Pastor Leon. I know you keep telling me to call you Leon, but I can't because my mother's spirit would smack me. And your mother was a nice lady, My mother was a very nice lady. Yes, she was. (laughs) By the way, Steve, you weren't taking sermon time. You were taking lunch time. Oh. So. Oh. Oh. Like this guy. I like this guy. Yeah. No, we will not. Probably not today. Okay, so. And I don't get to do this very often, so. (laughs) Oh, good. Well, uh, Josh, we need to sign him up for the other Sundays then. Okay, so. You better wait for about. I better you an hour okay, and a half to wait before okay. you decide that. <laughs> so let these people know you have been a minister in the Church of the Nazarene for a million 43 years. years. Forty-three years. Wow! And the last the first six, I was a youth pastor, and the last okay, whatever thirty-seven. Okay. Pastor. Okay. All right. And the last one that you retired from was Arden. Is Arden that correct? Arden in Sacramento. Okay, in yes. Sacramento. Yeah. Yeah. Twenty okay. years there. All right. Well, a month short. But. Okay. All right. Cool. Um. And you are now, I, I messed up your title last week. You are now some kind of a big shot in the ministry oh, credential yeah. education yeah, thing. I can't remember. It's all right. Okay. I'm just Ministers here. on, uh, people who are called to ministry on our district can attend classes to, before their ordination to get them credentialed, okay? And uh, Leon is one of the teachers you you're one of the teachers aren't you yeah as well as the coordinator for all that stuff so so we thank you for your ministry to those who are seeking god's god's path yeah um we're looking forward to this thank you so So give us god's word this morning so am i (laughs) thank you vicky and um steve it's nice to see you folks again i i know (laughs) you guys i was trying to remember who i knew at the placerville church (laughs) and as far as i know it's just you two and i've known Floyd Hughes over there for a hundred years or so, mm-hmm. probably. Yeah, probably. Something like that. We've uh, known each other for a long time, but then I met, met some new folks this morning. I enjoyed meeting as well. So nice to be with you. I commend you on this beautiful setting. Goodness sakes. I, uh, your church, your property, everything looks so beautiful. And uh, what a joy it is to be here. And thank you for the beautiful music, the worship. Um, I, I am praying with you in regards to your next uh, pastor leader. Uh, I know that's difficult. Uh, finding the person that God has for you, and uh, you want to you want to be sure that that's where you are. You know, uh, there there's going to be some folks I'm sure that uh, you'll be talking about, and it's it's god has a will he has a direction for your church so i encourage you be patient it's going to work and um, hang in there uh sometimes it's easy to kind of flutter around but uh, these are important days to grab hands and hold on tight together and to see what god has in store for your next days so uh i i suppose you're going to have some interims for a few more weeks here anyway but uh uh, and, and that's always fun, too. I, one of the things, as a pastor, you never get to visit around. Uh, and so when I retired, I thought, well, we're going we're gonna to start visiting. We'll visit the churches of Sacramento and just keep working our way around and try to get in all the churches on the district. I think we went to two. And uh, <clears throat> the second one, my wife said, this is the one I want. And so we sit down and I've uh, been sitting ever since. So... Um, 
But um, it, it is, it's fun to be here and be with you today. I don't do this very often anymore. Uh, however, last, about three, three or four months ago, uh, our pastor in Hallwood, you know where the Hallwood is, up by Marysville? It's a little rural community about six, eight miles out of Marysville to the whatever that direction is, that way. And uh, the, the pastor was on uh, uh, sabbatical, so he was gone for nine weeks, and I don't, there's nine fruits of the Spirit, and he had different pastors come in and preach on one of the fruits. So I thought, oh, that looks familiar. Uh, they had it hanging on this side, though, so you need to move it. Put it, put it uh, that'll cover the cross. That's yeah. not good. So leave it where it is. Um, but uh, yeah, I, it looks familiar in here. And uh, so anyway, let's, let's get with this. I got seven words that I want you to remember this morning. Seven. One of them is and, so that's easy enough for you to remember. But the, the first three, come unto me. Say it, would you? Come unto me. Uh, the next three, weary and burdened. Say it. And burdened. And the seventh word is rest. Say it. Rest. All right. Let's say them all, all seven of them. Come unto me, weary and burdened, and rest. You're probably familiar with that verse, aren't you? Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, if you want to follow along in the reading. I think the words will be on the screen. But uh, for some reason, it's fun to look at the Bible as well. Come unto me, Jesus said, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. Rest for your soul. Now, sometimes you talk about soul rest as in the grave, but we're talking about rest for our soul while we're still in this world. All right? And you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Is that a verse you know, all of you? Everybody, if you've read the Bible much, I, I imagine so. Several years ago, I, well, I, I try to memorize. I, I kind of go in spurts with it. But uh, that's one of them that I, I always, uh, I, I like to keep in, in my mind. Weary and burdened. Uh, King James Version, if uh, some of you probably read that more in your life. And it says, those who labor and are heavy laden. Maybe those words identify, or you identify with a little bit more than uh, weary and burdened. I like what the message says. I don't know if you read the message, but it's, uh, it's got a, a, several more words with it. The message says, are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? Come to me. Uh, so think about that. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. To me, you know that that's really uh, that really says what Jesus had in mind as he was talking that day uh, to his disciples and to the crowd that was standing around him, uh, because the words weary and burdened they they have a they're, they're similar words but they have a different thought behind them and the weary is those who are just simply tired and worn out with the things you're going through, and the burdened are those that are laboring with their faith, laboring with the burden of religion. He uses the word 
uh, burned out on religion. Now, religion is really a good word, but today oftentimes, you know, we, we sort of see it as uh, not quite as good of a word. Uh, relationship with the Lord, you know? But sometimes people get caught up in the, uh, what would you say, the rules of religion, so to speak. And then we say we don't particularly care for that very much. So I want to look at these two thoughts as we begin here this morning. He was talking to the weary. Let's start there. Those who are just exhausted with the stress and the pressures of life. Anybody ever have that experience? Nobody. Okay, good. Well, let's go on to the next one then. Um, I like to talk to the students when I have an opportunity in the church, some of the young people. And I'll often say, how are you doing? <sighs> I'm exhausted. You're 16 years old. How can you be exhausted? Where do you get Steve's age or something? <laughs> it's, it's school. I, I ask them, it's, it's the pressure of their lives today in school. I, I don't recall having any pressure. I, when I was in school, my pressure was to get home, so I get on the tractor and start plowing the field. But pressure, the kids have that today. There's a lot of things going on in our young people's lives. I hope you're praying for them. Does Jesus care about that? Sure he does. He says, come to me. Hey, if you're feeling the stress, the pressure, if you're a young person, you're feeling that going on in school, Jesus said, come to me. Come to me. We're going to stay with that, so don't give up. There's another one Jesus said. If, if I think about the young families. Our, oh, I didn't re uh, introduce the rest of my family. My wife's with me today, Cheryl, and our daughter, Leanne, and we have two grandsons, Elijah and Isaac. Um, they're here as well, so you can get a chance to say hi to them. They wanted to travel with us th this morning. So anyway, I, uh, I remember back, Leanne, when you were born. Uh, those first few months especially, I wasn't sure if we were going to survive that. You remember those days? Uh, getting up in the night. So, my wife did the yeoman share of the duty there. She did most of the work, but uh, when she got up, I woke up, and once in a once in a while, maybe once a month or so, I'd get up and, 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 and take care of things. But, um, yeah, you wonder, am I going to make that? Then I, then I met a, uh, one of my friends. We were talking one day, and I said, you know, my wife, we're just exhausted with, with this. He said, our daughter's two years old, and she hasn't slept through the night yet. And I thought, oh, I'm not going to make it. It's, it's, it. it's all over from here on. But uh, to you, who are just, you're, you're wore out, Jesus says, come. I don't know what he wants to do. I don't know how he wants to change that setting in your life. Those are just things of life. But Jesus says, come, come to me. Uh, Psalm 23, you probably know that one too. I, I love a lot of these familiar ones. He says, he restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Does Jesus care? He does. He does. He says, come, come to me. Uh, Jesus could also be talking to us who are just weary with this last 
19 months that we've all experienced together. And, and you here, uh, your prayer, Ricky, thank you. How, how very special. You have probably been holding your breath, and maybe some of you have been affected by that if you live on out into the rural areas. I don't know. What, how tragic with all the things that are our poor state, not just what happens in Sacramento. Sorry about that. I don't have any control over that dome. But uh, just, just the things that have gone on in, in our world and in our communities this last almost year and a half, or over a year and a half now. It, your jobs have been difficult. Some of you have had to work from home. Maybe that was easier, maybe it was harder. Some of you have maybe lost your jobs, or at least a portion of your income. I know in our area that's, that's gone on. Uh, people just, just didn't have it, and although you get, I guess, some unemployment or something, that it doesn't usually meet the need that you're used to. It, um, maybe, maybe you just feel like you need a change in your job. Something needs to happen there. Is Jesus, is he interested in that part of your life? Yeah. I, I'm afraid that sometimes we think he's only interested in, in our lives on this particular day, Sunday morning. But no. Seven days a week, 24 hours a day. Come to me, he says. Come to me. I will give you rest. Now, I, I, I'm pretty sure you know this, but I'm going to say it again anyway. Jesus, he's not a magician who swoops in with a magic wand and waves it over all of our heads and then everything, all your issues disappear. No. Maybe, maybe in some ways that'd be easier, but he probably has something for us to learn. He has something for us to learn while we're doing this. Uh, that's, that's, not, that's not who our Lord is to us. Uh, you have options, you know. You can either just grit your teeth and say, I'm going to get through this one way or another. You just watch me. Or you can stop and listen to what the Lord has to say to you. You have options. What are you going to do today? What is your choice? Well, the worn out, the exhausted with life, just the pressures of who we are and where we live from the youngest to the very oldest. Jesus says, come. But there was this other group that Jesus was talking to, and these were the people that are burdened from struggling with spiritual decisions. Burdened with struggling from, for spiritual decisions. They have something wrong in, in their heart, something, a spiritual weariness. They're carrying a guilt of sin or a baggage that they do not need to carry around. And he was certainly talking to people like that in his day. Uh, just to help you understand that a little bit better, Jesus says to the po folks in uh, John, uh, at another occasion at least, he said to his disciples and the, the, the people standing around the crowds, he says, now catch this, the teachers of the law and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. Now, that simply means that they have assumed a point of a place of leadership as Moses had assumed back couple thousand, uh, 1,500 years, or a bunch of years before them. Uh, yeah, 1,500 years before. And, and they've assumed that seat. Now listen to this. So you, Jesus says this, you must obey them and do everything they tell you. But 
do not do what they do. Do not do what they do. Why? Because they do not practice what they preach. Don't do what they do. They tie up heavy loads, put them on people's shoulders, but they themselves are not willing to lift a finger to move them. People are happy to do that, aren't they, on occasions? Maybe you have thought, I can do this on my own. I know how to deal with this. I'll just work harder. I'll ignore it. Maybe it'll all go away. You know, those, those spiritual loads. There was a man at our church when I was at Arden. He, he, uh, he was a counselor in a, in a rehab unit. <clears throat> and uh, whenever, whenever uh, he heard that kind of a talk, I can do this myself, or I'll just be tough. And we'll, you know, he he had a he had a saying that I I always enjoyed, and he would say, "Now how's that working for you? Now how's that working for you? You know, that's one thing we cannot do ourselves. We cannot save ourselves. We just can't. We cannot carry all of the burdens ourselves." Too often we try so many other things, we go down so many paths, we, we look at so many different options before coming to Jesus and ask ourselves, now why isn't this working? Why isn't it working? Just decide in your heart, come to Jesus first. Come to Jesus first. Well, someone might be thinking, doesn't the Bible say? Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. That's all I'm doing. I'm just working my salvation with fear and trembling. Uh, yeah, it says that, but, but you, you, you got to understand. But to work out your salvation does not mean that you're looking for your salvation. To work out your salvation means you've already found it and you're working and growing in the Christ-likeness, which Steve talked about hooking up with some friend that will help you in that spiritual growth and spiritual journey you're on. So working out doesn't mean I'm, I've, I'm there yet. It means that I've already found it, and I'm working through the processes of growing in Christ-likeness in my life. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works, so that no one can boast. You are saved because of God's grace. You're saved because of what Jesus Christ did for you on the cross. You are saved because of your faith and trust in Him alone. And once that happens, you have the responsibility to live out what it means to be a Christ follower in this life, praise his name this morning. So in the context of Matthew chapter 11, Jesus is talking to the crowd and he's saying, you're trying, but how's that working for you? You're, you're working hard. You're struggling with, with understanding who Jesus is. You're unwilling to accept him. You're unwilling to trust him. But Jesus says, come to me, all you who are burdened, and I will give you rest. I'll give you rest. I like that word. It's a good word. Nothing like a good night's rest. Nothing like being at rest and at peace in our hearts. I will give you rest. 
Rest is only found in his presence. True rest is only found in his presence. Rest is not something that the Lord gives us and we set it over here till the day that we really need it and then we grab it. But rest is continually walking and living in the presence of our Lord. Day by day, moment, moment by moment. Now, there's two sides to rest. It's, kind of, it's very subtle in these verses. In fact, I've read these for years, but it wasn't until I was studying with it this week that I realized, hey, there's, there's more to this. Look at verse 28. He says, I will give you rest. He says, rest comes when you seek him, when you are forgiven, when you place your complete confidence and trust in him, when you roll that burden over on him. He says, I will give you rest. When I put my faith, my trust in him, he says, I will give you that rest. And then look in verse 29, he says, I, you will find rest. Once you have rest because you've put your trust in him, you then find rest because of the peace of heart and mind that you have. He gives you rest because you trust in him, and in doing that, you find rest in your soul, in your life. But none of this works without the opening phrase that I haven't forgotten. I just put it off until this point. The come to me. Um, you notice here, he, he says, come to me, all of you. There's no stipulations. There's, there's no one eliminated. Come to me, all you. There's no groups. You know, you're a special group. You're not. You know, th there's none of that. Come to me. He does not say, come to me when you've got it all figured out. He does not say, come to me when you get all your finances in order. He does not say, well, you can come to me when you finally get your life cleaned up. I'm, that's the one. I've heard that so many times. When I get my life cleaned up, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come to the No, no. Come to me when you get your act together. No. No strings attached. No conditions. Come to me, all of you, just as you are. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. That's the first step. That's just the first step. There's a second step, and that's in verse 29. It says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Take my yoke upon you. Now, that's, that's an interesting, interesting, uh, and, and somewhat confusing. The group that Jesus was talking to that day, if you had mentioned yoke to them, you know what they were thinking? The yoke of slavery. You know, the people of, the Jesus, of Jesus, uh, the Israelites, much of their life they were controlled or ruled by someone else. You know, you, you only have to read the Old Testament and, you know, places you find out. It's just the way it was. And at that time in Jesus' day, they were ruled by the Romans. And uh, as you know, I mean, you know what happened to Jesus. And similar things happened to many of the other disciples, or all the other disciples, and a lot of other believers in those days, too, because they were under the yoke of slavery. Um, it, but Jesus is introducing a new version of the yoke. You know, he, he, he said, not, not the things that the, the Pharisees and the people of the law try to put on you, not that, that kind of stuff. I'm not talking about that kind of yoke, even, he says. But in that day... Um, Jesus is talking about a yoke that is easy 
and a yoke that is light. Now, you know, the picture up here, you know what a yoke is. That wooden thing goes across, and then they have these two loops that, that I think, what are these, oxen or some kind of cows or something, um, puts around their neck, and then they, whatever load it is, they pull it. Uh, this may come as a shock to you, but uh, life is a load. You can't, you will not avoid it till you die. Life is, is, a, is a load. You, you can't bypass that. It's the way it is. It, it just, in fact, Paul in, in Galatians chapter 6, he talks about that. Everyone carry his or her own load. Now, he does recognize that, that in uh, the, uh, chapter 6, verse 2, he says, now, now, there are some loads that are really crushing. And so on occasion, there needs to be someone who comes around beside you, helps you through that. You need help. But he says, carry your own load. That's just the way it is. Now, I, I like to think we got this yoke and, and we got an empty side over here. Who are you going to put? in that other side. We have a yoke. Somebody is going to be there. You, you can't see there's two of them. Two of them, Steve. Pulling together. Who, who are you going to put there? Uh, you know one who wants to jump in there really quick? Satan. The giver of doubts. The giver of questions. The author of fear. Anger. Temptation, distrust, death, he's more than ready to jump in if you leave it empty. If you leave it empty, he's ready to pop his head in there and just pull you right down to the, well, what I just said. Or you can choose to share Jesus' yoke. Jesus, who comes with life, and peace, and rest, eternal life, joy, promises, hope, heaven, all of it. He draws close to you and offers this, take my yoke upon you, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I like that, my yoke is easy. You know, that, that's very significant. Jesus knows just what you need. Somebody told me that when I was a kid, probably in high school someplace. I don't know where I learned that. But for some reason, I was told that, and the Lord sunk it deep in. I'm, I'm distracted by the turkeys out here in your yard. I, somebody needs to go out, bring them in, have a Sunday school class just for the, now You can count them in church. they got to be in here, though, so we need all of you to go out and... <clears throat> Go away, turkeys. Uh, I guess that's the joy of being in the country, huh? Oh, I got, I'm lost. <clears throat> Where am I? Oh, somebody said to me, you know, Jesus knows what you need. And that stuck with me, even as a little kid. And when I got to the place in my life, and in fact, it was over at the West Sacramento Church, a uh, hundred years ago, at an altar, 
that the Lord spoke to me and said, I want you to, to be a preacher. And I had a couple of questions about that. And all of a sudden that came back to me, Lloyd. The Lord knows just what, where you fit. He has that for every one of us. He knows where you fit. He knows where you fit. He says, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. He's not talking about an easy road. He's talking about a good fit. A good fit. The Lord knows what is best for you. He knows where you fit in life. He knows you can trust him. And it has been a joy to follow him all of these years in my own life and journey. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. My prayer for you today is one that Paul prayed for his church at Ephesus. He said, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know that this love surpasses all knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Praise his name today. Uh, many of you have read the little devotional book called Jesus Calling by a lady named Sarah Young. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, she had this. She said, his love cannot be measured or explained, but it can be experienced. It can be experienced. Do you know him today? Do you know of his love in your life? He stands with his arms open, come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for yourselves. Our gracious Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for the most glorious invitation that any of us could ever know. And thank you that one day I had the good sense to heed that call of you and to say yes. And I pray that these who are part of this church would also have that sense to say yes to your call. Whether they're young and feeling the pressures of life, or middle age, or older, wherever, it doesn't matter. There are issues and stresses that we need you just to get through. Bless your church. Bless these, your people. Give them wisdom during these days. Give them oneness and unity as they endeavor to find and to... Um, uh, their new uh, pastor leader here for this church. And I pray that you would help them in their lives and ministry in this community. 
that uh, that the light will continue to shine, uh, not only just from the building here, but through the lives and the hearts of every one of these uh, the folks that are part of the Placerville Church. Bless them, enrich them, their hope. May it be always in you, in Jesus' name. Amen.